good, good day to you. Happy Easter, Hallelujah Easter. What a beautiful day already we've seen. Uh, we have to say it's a unique Easter uh, Sunday, to say the least. But I believe one that without a doubt God is designed for our benefit and for his glory. I really believe that. Um, in spite of the fact that we can't gather in our physical assemblies like we ought to do. I tell you, I just, as a pastor, and I think every pastor feels like this, or as a congregation, we've missed you so much, but uh, the Word of God, and how are you doing with, in your spiritual life? But you know, I have a peace and a resolve in my heart in the last few days that you're better than you've ever been before. Uh, I really believe that. I believe that because of the pandemic and the cause of the sheltering in place and the cause of the situation that we can't be about doing so many things and carrying on our normal lifestyle, um, I believe that you've heard probably more preaching than you've ever heard in the last 10 years, in the last three weeks you've heard. Uh, I believe that you've read more Bible than you've read in a long, long time. I believe there's an emphasis on prayer. I see crosses in yards and homes uh, that we never have seen before. Uh, I believe God is, is at work, and I believe he's using the social media to get his word out to uh, people that maybe wouldn't come to church anyway. I don't know. But, but anyway, we have a great God, and he is a living God, and this day is proof that because he lives, we can live also. We can face whatever we have to face because God has already faced it. He's conquered it all. And so what we need to do is believe him and trust him and let the shining light of his grace reflect all that he's done for us in our lives. And often that happens in some of the darkest moments. Uh, may the Lord bless us this day uh, as we gather in Jesus' name. Would you bow with me for a prayer together? Most heavenly, precious, holy Father in heaven, we pray that you would find much glory today. I know that many services have already been said to honor you. And Lord, now we sit together as others in trusting heavenly places with people, Lord, we can't see physically, but we know that our kindred spirits with ours. Lord, thank you for increasing our faith. Thank you, Lord, for dying for our sins and for rising again. And for, Lord, your intercessory work now, we need that, Lord. Would you comfort us and help us, Lord, as we worship you in spirit and in truth? That's what we want to do. We give you all the praise and all the glory. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us courage to face all the epidemics of life. And we know, Lord, this will not be the only one, but we know, Lord, whatever happens is going to happen because you allow it to. And you have a purpose in it. And you work it good through it and for us. And we thank you, Lord that you love us so much, and for your sovereignty and your grace. And Lord, we do pray for those that have lost loved ones in this uh, awful virus outbreak. We pray for those families that are grieving, that you would comfort them, that they would see, Lord, not only the valley of the shadow of death, the mount of the resurrection on the other side. We pray for families, Lord, that are dealing with the anxiety of loved ones who may have tested positive and are waiting and, and are healing and taking treatment. Uh, being sheltered in place and all of that. We pray, O Lord, your mercy. We pray your mercies upon our nation. We pray that you bless our president and others, that you would help them have wisdom 
and give them strength and most of all a heart that you will design the red in every way. I pray that you bless every listener today and those who are that can't listen. We pray for the church on earth. We pray mostly, Lord, that we might lift you up high and that we might recognize a risen Savior that's risen far above any of our problems. Go with us, Heavenly Father, and help us now worship you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to talk to you today about the resurrection, of course, but I want to do it in the context of what I've entitled uh, Redemptions Received. Uh, when you go and buy something that is very valuable, most likely you'll keep a receipt, or you ought to, um, because that is a validation of your purchase. Well, I want us to see through the resurrection that it is actually a receipt that God has given us uh, for his resurrection. And see, the resurrection is the very foundation of our faith. It really is. And, and so as we think about that, I want you to know that you have a receipt. And sometimes we, we wonder if we do or not, I know. But I'm going to tell you, you'll never, you can never lose your receipt of grace. You can't. Uh, I know at times I've lost my receipt on temporal items. I felt sort of bad about it. But there were times when I would go back, I remember an item or two, and I didn't have a receipt, and I had to make an exchange or whatever. And they would say, when did you buy it? And uh, since I didn't have a receipt, I would try to think of the day. Well, I want you to know if you have a receipt on redemption, and it was purchased over 2,000 years ago on the cross of Christ. And when Christ rose from the dead, he validated the receipt that your sins and mine were all paid for, every one of them. And then, and then too, uh, they would ask, uh, sometimes the uh, store might ask, well, what did you pay? Did you pay with your debit card? Was it a Visa card or a MasterCard or what was it? And I would say a debit card or something that order. Well, spiritually speaking, if you think you lost your receipt, you know that it was bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, purchased in full by the most precious blood. He says in his word that we're not redeemed by gold and silver, temple things, but we're redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. I want you to enjoy that, grace God in that. What a blessing that is to understand that and bless him in um, but anyway, above all that, God has called us. We have a receipt of redemption. Did you know that your names are written on the palms of God's hands? Those very hands that were nailed to the cross of Calvary. God knows your name. And God has redeemed you, and he's given you a receipt. I want to use for our scripture reference uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Man, I know you know there that it's a resurrection chapter. And I, I would challenge you really to read this whole chapter during this Easter celebration of the resurrection. But I'm going to use four verses. And I'm going to use the first four verses, though the whole chapter deals magnificently with the receipt of God's um, resurrection, so to speak. And so look at the first four verses with me. The Apostle Paul is writing here to the church of Corinth, and he's writing to us. And he's doing that inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. That's how God does things. 
He does things by his spirit. And when God saves you, he saves you by his Holy Spirit. That's why you can't figure God out, because God has a spirit. And so God has given us his spirit, so that now we're spiritual beings, but we're having human experiences. And there's sort of a odds with all of that in our life, but nevertheless, God has given us faith, and he's given us strength, and so now what we need to do is just surrender to the truth of God's word as we see and embrace redemption to receive. Verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. The first thing I want to say regarding redemptions received is when the future seems uncertain, we need to focus on what we know. When the future seems uncertain, focus on what you know. Uh, obviously, this future seems uncertain, don't you think? Uh, nevertheless, it's no different than it's always been. We don't know how long the pandemic will last. Uh, we've already understood the models haven't worked out so good. But you see, God has the perfect model. God has the perfect model in Christ because we have a receipt that we have a certainty that Jesus rose again. So when you, when you have uncertainty, you just pull out your receipt and you look at what Jesus has done because Jesus says, because he lives, we will live also. And we're going to make it, we're going to make it through whatever comes our way. Even if it means that we physically die, that God is going to be with us. And we're going to be with you. You know, sometimes we wonder. I, I think about it. I bet you do too. Sometimes, particularly in the situation we're living in, about dying. I think we've probably felt that some, but I think we need to embrace that more than we do. Uh, but how are we going to get there? What is it going to be? We don't know. We don't. None of us do. But God does. Uh, and, then, and then I know the great sinner I am. I've got to just admit, sometimes I doubt. You know, how could God let somebody like me go to heaven, you know? But I'm going to tell you, I think we all struggle with that in our worst moments sometimes, but when we put on our receipt, and I understand that, you know how I answer that question, how you should answer it? You just say, is my Lord Jesus in heaven? Because if he's in heaven, and he is, the Bible says he ever liveth to make intercession for us. What Jesus did for us on the cross, when he rose again, is he paid our sin debt, but then he ascended to the Father. You know, the first words he said after uh, he rose again was not, I'm resurrected. He says, I sinned unto my Father. And so what he's meaning there, what he's implying is that we're not going to stand this earth forever. You know, the chance that we're going to die is one in one. It really is. We have a real good chance we're going to die. Nevertheless, we have a, to focus on the certain. Uh, the certainty is, Paul says in Romans 14, if we live, we live unto the Lord, and if we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, whether we die, we are the Lord's. you got to receive it. That's what he died for. That's what he rose again. For you and me, and what a blessing that is. 
So when the future seems uncertain, it certainly will. Now, in Psalms 23, verse 4, there's a very familiar verse, and I think captures this a little bit for us. And what it says is, the Lord, um, it says, Yea, yes, the Lord is my shepherd. The first verse, the shepherd's song. Verse 4, though, says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, not if I walk, but though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. God is with us. Christ is alive. We serve a living Savior. We have a receipt. He says, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You know what that means? It means because, because of God being those people. When God gave us his spirit, that means circumstances really do not shake us up too much, or it ought not to. It, it doesn't. I tell you, I have saw more peace. I think there's more of a calmness. And I know in my life, and I believe in yours, and so many people I've been around Christians in this world today than have never been before. Why is that? I'll tell you what I believe. Because we've been taken away from some of the hustle bustle of this world. We don't have to be somewhere. We don't have to please everybody. We don't have to go and do and go and do. And, and we don't have to make a show about anything. What we have to do, though, is just really come to resolve ourselves. And we've been thinking about God more. And you know what God says about that? God says that he that's mind is on me, I'm going to give him peace. He that's mind is stayed on me is in perfect peace. That's what God says. And so that's where you get it from. And, and it's amazing. It's not that we, we don't have problems. We're going to have them. God says, Jesus says, in this life he shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I'm overcome the world. And so he has. And so that is a receipt that we need to pull out oftentimes. And so that's what Jesus said. You remember to the disciples, he comes to them, and they're on, they're on a ship. They're on a ship, and the ship has a storm. And Jesus told them to get on the ship. And so God sent the storm. And they're really concerned. I want you to understand that this world is kind of like a ship in a storm. And you know what? Maybe, just maybe, God is using even the politicians. He does that a lot. He does that in the Roman government, in the very crucifixion. God uses a lot of things to bring his will, but maybe just maybe God wanted us to see an Easter where we didn't have cantatas. We didn't have uh, a big preachers. We didn't have a, a room full of people. We didn't have a, a lot of activity. We just had God, and we're going to have to just settle down and just be calm about that. You know what? When that boat started rocking, those disciples started wondering. They started crying out to Jesus, and they saw waiting. He was asleep. It's amazing. And then you remember what he said to them when they were going, you know, we have faith. Where's your faith? I'll tell you, our faith comes to play in times like this. The church of God, I'm going to tell you when the church shines is when we are persecuted. I'll tell you what, we have been pampered and we've been tiptoe into the tootsies and the daisies too long. We just need to understand it needs to be about God. We need to recognize how much we need him. And that the circumstances don't matter. God is what matters. That's what matters. And so, so we see that and we bless that. But he says, you can walk through. You can get through. Because he lives. We have a receipt. Uh, you know, there's a lot of folks that have uh, crosses. I mentioned in my prayer. And I know you've thought of them. You say, I hope you have one. We do. Uh, we put lights on. I've had it for years. But I wanted to magnify the cross. But I have to think really in myself, why is that cross? Why have we got so many crosses in yard? Why is there so much interest in God? Why is there so much 
um, more reason to pray and think about God in the world today? Is it just because of the, uh, the virus? Uh, or is it because we really thank God for saving us from our sins? Now, I believe that probably we have a little bit of both of that. But when you think about a receipt for the resurrection and redemption, we need to magnify the fact, don't ever forget, the most important thing is that our sins are forgiven. I want you to be, I want you to be mindful of something with me. When it comes to sin, every one of us have already tested positive. We have. Every one of us. And the remedy for that, the receipt that we have, that, that's all been clean, is the re resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because if Jesus did not rise again, we are yet in our sins. Understand that. So, so that's the receipt that we have. But in, in fact, in the Psalms, there's a verse. I can't quote it, but I wanted to say it to you. It wasn't very far from the 23rd Psalm. It's in Psalm 25 and verse 18. But I think it puts together what I want to try to say of how we balance that the biggest reason for rejoicing and focusing on what we know and the uncertainties of life is that our sins are forgiven. It's in Psalm 25 and uh, verse 18. Here's, David, here's what David says. He says in Psalm 25, 18, it's a prayer. He says, look upon mine affliction and my pain and forgive all my sins. So what David is saying, there's the two. I mean, we might say, Lord, look on this coronavirus. Look on it, God. Consider it. Yes, we pray that every day. I do, and I know you do too. Lord, have mercy upon us. Take it all away. Heal our nation, oh God. And so, but yet behind that, we understand, don't we, that we say, well, God, you have more wisdom in this. I want you to know about it, God, and that's all exactly what we're to do. We, we're to cast our cares upon him because, see, the receiving, Jesus is living. He never lives to make intercession for you. So he hears your prayers, and he tells us very clearly in the Bible that we're to cast our cares upon him for he cares for us. He loves us, and he's proven that. So we talk to Jesus about our problems, about the virus, about problems and hurts and things in our lives. They are real. And he's the only and greatest source we can go to. But never forget that David says, Lord, look at my afflictions and my pain, my hurt and my sickness, in other words. And then he says, and forgive all my sins. See, did you know that the resurrection is a receipt? That's redemption's receipt of forgiveness of all your sins. Because if you're really a Christian, you're going to understand this. As you get closer to God, as we understand God's holiness and our sinfulness, and that's really how it comes about, because the thing is, the more we understand our nothingness, the more we do to understand God's greatness. And the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 15, that's the very chapter of God, Paul says, he's the least of all saints, least of all the apostles, the greatest of sinners, and then grace is, because grace dealt with him in his life, and gave him a, a, a reason to have a courage and an energy from God that he would not have without it. And that was a receipt too. We're going to talk about that in a second. But, but here, here again, before we leave this, we understand what David was saying is God's forgiveness is great. For a Christian, no. And I think you would agree with me. We don't like to 
go through what we're having to go through. But we can do it. And we can even bless God in it. And we can even rejoice in it. That light can shine out of us in the darkest situation. I've seen that. I've seen that in many of you in circumstances in life. And, and I believe we're seeing it now among God's people. But the one thing that the Christian can't deal with is the burden of sin. See, that is what we can't deal with. The thing that knocks us down the most is breaking our fellowship with God. And so what a blessing it is to see that. So when the future seems uncertain, focus on what you know. And what you know is that Jesus died for you and that he rose again. And that that validates your receipt, that your sins are forgiven. And that, and that whatever comes, he is with you. He is going to walk through that valley with you. Secondly, I want us to say this and see this is redemption receives. We go back to our text. Uh, let's flip there, back there just for a second. Um, he says, verse 2, which also you are saved, by which rather, also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in that. So, what, what we need to see from this verse and from this chapter and from all of God's word and from all of God's work, his finished work on the cross, is that we are to show our gratitude for being saved by grace. You know, I was thinking John 20 gives us an account of, of Mary Magdalene and the, of the resurrection morning, of finding the empty tomb. And you know, she was the first woman, the first person Jesus revealed that to himself. And you know, she thought he was a gardener. But you ever think about Mary Magdalene? She was a woman that followed Jesus so close. And yet she was, she was a woman. Why did she do that? You think about that. What, what prompts that? Grace does, okay? That's unmerited favor because we find in the scriptures that Jesus had cast out of her seven demons. And she never got over that. You know, the Apostle Paul doesn't either. The Apostle Paul didn't get over it either. Uh, uh, Philippians 3.10. Look at that one. It says there, um, and I'm talking about gratitude, that we show gratitude because we have a receipt that Jesus died for us, that he rose again. That's redemptive receipt. So what does that do to us? What does that do? Because I'm going to tell you, faith is, in, is not in just an inert uh, situation. It is moving. It is working. And like Paul, uh, this Catalog in chapter 3 of Philippians that he was great in forces academics and all that he knew, but said when he comes to all that, he says, that's nothing. That means nothing to me. What meant something to him was that he had a receipt for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 10. What meant what Paul wanted was to know him, that I may know him, not know about him. How do you know him? He's talking about Jesus. You experience God. That's what grace does. You know him. You know that you're here. He is, how do you know that he lives? He lives in your heart. And you know he lives. And you see that. You see that receipt. He says that I may know him and the power, listen to that, of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Hey, that's another reason I think that in this time we're living. Where we've had to back off some things we like to do. When we've had to maybe make a sacrifice. 
I tell you, I think people now have more patience than we've ever had before. We don't have to have it right now. I think we're doing things that we've been intending to do a long time, but never seem to have time to do it. Uh, it's amazing how that grace works in our life. And it's showing the gratitude. I think people now are more thankful for just everyday things. And what a blessing it is. But we show our gratitude for being saved by grace. Well, that's how we're saved. And for the fellowship of his suffering. Because he's conforming us to his death. And what a blessing that is. You know, I said, excuse me, Ephesians 2. That's so many of, of the grace words are found there. Or in verse 8 through 10, for grace, what we say, uh, that's a gift of God, not according to work, it's a gift of God. But then he goes on to say, I think it's in verse 10, he says, for, for we are created unto him, or his workmanship, created unto him uh, for good works. God has given us this motivation to move and to be used of him and to be blessed of him. Because that's that receipt that we have of the resurrection. It is not a do nothing religion. Hey, we ought to be involved in God every time. Every day we should be involved in God and what he's doing and, and in our lives. And because why? Because he has made us accepted. You'll sure see. Uh, Ephesians tells us in verse in chapter one that we have been made accepted in the blood. See, it's not the money. You might have thought you said that you accepted Jesus. That's so in your life. But really what happened is that you just found the receipt. You just found God had just notified you. Maybe that was experienced by his word, his Holy Spirit, that you have a receipt, that he is, that you're a sinner, and that he died for your sins, and that he rose again. And so he, he has made us love. Because, why? Because the power of his resurrection. What does that do? You know, Jesus rose from the dead. <laughs> rose from the dead. I mean, the stone was there, but that was rolled away also. Nothing is too hard for God. So what does that mean? Think about the power of resurrection. That means that because Jesus is, has risen from the dead, when he says you're forgiven, you are forgiven. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's no back around that, okay? There's no stepping around that. Jesus means what he says. When you confess our sins and that daily forgiveness that we all need in 1 John, he says if we confess our sins, listen to me, he is faithful and just to forgive you. Of all unrighteousness and plenty of all unrighteousness forever. He's faithful to do that. Why? Because he is resurrected. He has given you receipt. And so let's don't deck around with life and and and, and, and pout and, and, and have our pity parties. We can just go right to God and bring it on. And so maybe like the fiery furnace. You know, Dr. Like children of uh, the, the three Hebrews. Lord, bring it on. Because why? I have a receipt. You know what they said? You know when Nebuchadnezzar going to put them in the furnace? Over in Daniel, you know, uh, they said, well, I, I, I don't know. What do you mean? He said, well, the king said, I want you to bow down to me. He said, I'm not. I'm paraphrasing this, of course. And why did it? Because they had a receipt. And you know what their receipt was? He said, they said, I don't know. I don't know if God's going to live without this verse or not. But it says, what I know is that he's going to be with us. He's able to. He's able to because of everything. See, God, because of the resurrection, God is able to do anything. So he's able, so you hook her down on that and you grab hold of it and in your faith. But show your gratitude for being saved. And, and that's what Paul is doing. And, and that's what we ought to do in our lives. Now, the third point, the first point was that 
When life seems uncertain, what do we do? We focus on what's certain. And the resurrection is certain. It is. It's certain. And you know it. And God given us his word. And then secondly, that we show our gratitude for being saved by grace. Why, thirdly, we need to understand this. That we belong to Christ. We have received this through the resurrection. That's a bit you've received. And sin has no right to us. Look at verse 3. First Corinthians 15. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Look at that. Isn't that amazing? Jesus died for our sins. That's what he died for. He didn't have to do that. But he did it because he loved you. I'll tell you what happened. He knew before the foundation of the world there would be some little sinful boy by the name of Randy Warriors born somewhere. He knew exactly what that would be. And he knew how much that guy would need redeemed. He knew that he would be so much of a failure. He knew that he would, even after he was saved, he was still going to commit sin. And he kept bringing back. And he said, I gotta, I gotta save him. And that's what exactly what he said, said to you about you. Way back before the foundation of the world. So, so we need to see that. But now, see, this is what. This is what discourages me sometimes. It ought not. It ought not to you. You know, we still have to deal with sin in our lives. Even though we're saved. And I'm going to tell you, we should have no right to reign us because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at uh, uh, Psalms again. Psalms are such an experience of God that relate to him so much. I imagine you've been reading a lot from the Psalms lately, haven't you? Psalms 118, though, is another one. Look at this verse. And what I'm going to try to pull out of this is the validation from God's word that we belong to Christ. Since we do, we have redemption received that we do. Now we are not to let sin just take over in our lives. It won't. Really, it cannot. But I mean, the devil is awful good about deceiving us. But Psalms 118 captures that in verse 12. David says again, uh, they have passed me about like bees. He's talking about sin. He's talking about problems. They are quenched as the fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. Have you ever just focused on some problem in your life? Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a lust. Maybe it's just a laziness. Maybe it's just, just your doubts or your fears. And you know what? We need to just give it to the name of the Lord. What a blessing. You know, I had a fellow that just yesterday tell me he said he's been struggling with addictions and I really believe God has changed this guy that's the miracle of the resurrection that, that's a redemption's receipt and he says you know Randy he says what I've noticed and what I understand is this says I just thought Jesus wanted my addiction and I know that he does he said but really what he wanted was all of me because I'm his and he says he has more joy and, and you know what a grace and what a refreshing conversation we have and that's exactly why, when we understand that sin has no right in us, you know, even though those thoughts come around, we ought not to let a make a nest. Don't let a sin nest in your head, you know, don't let the uh, world chain you down or, or the sins of our lives make a, make a chain because we have the quickening power of the resurrected Lord. You know, in my, in my woods work over the years, many times I have been a part of clear-cutting forests. And that's an awful scene. But I'm going to tell you what, when it comes back, 
I never saw one yet that hasn't come back. Even if it doesn't uh, reforest it uh, mechanically, it'll come back. Why? Because that's what God's put in the earth. You put a seed in the garden or in the crop fields. That is the power of the resurrection. That's the quickening power of the resurrection. And that's what happened with Jesus. What a blessing it is. No change, no lust, no addiction should have hold. And you know what it's because of? And just what David was talking about? It wasn't David's power. It's not your power and mine. It's the power of the resurrected Savior. We give that to God. See, God's the one that does it. And that virtue comes out of us. And what a blessing it is. You know, one of the, one of the great merits, I think, of, of this time that we're in is that it, it shows us that really, I don't know really how to define this. I don't know if I really want to say spiritual success, but I think that's hard to define because we have a tendency to make our success based on numbers or doings or merits or goings and things like that. But, but I really think that we're in a context now where we don't get any pat on the backs. Uh, we don't say, well, boy, that was a good prayer. Or, I don't hear people in the church here anymore saying, uh, well, that was a good sermon. Um, now, I like to hear that probably more than I should, and, and you probably say it more than you really probably even mean, but, but I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say we don't have uh, that tendency and what matters now, success, is gonna be our faithfulness. It's gonna be our faithfulness when nobody's looking. And I think we have that context, don't you know? And I think there's a peace in that and a, and a blessing. You know, because what God does through the resurrection power, he rearranges our lives. In essence, he, he drains our swamps. It's what God's doing. He is draining your swamp and mine. And so he's making us understand what's important and to get to him and to depend on him. And what a blessing that is that when we do, because that's what God calls us to do, is depend on him. You know, Proverbs, I think the third chapter says, trust in the Lord, lean not to your own understanding. So many times I've done that in my life, and I imagine you have too, but we need to ask God to help us to understand that you belong to Christ. And that means that all of our life should be based on what Jesus means to us. That we have this receipt. You know, when we're going to make a decision, we need to pull it out. Say, you know what? I belong to Jesus. It, it means I mean, whether that's taking a vacation or making a job change or whatever it might be. So God gives us that strength and that uh, calling that he has. I tell you what I found just this week. I tell you, I think about my life sometimes and the best how foolish I've been about doing things. I'm talking about temporal things. And just decisions I make that have been just absolutely worthless. I mean, I mean, I can't, I look back and say, what did you do to me? I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to dwell on it, but nevertheless, I see the older I get how foolishly tendency I am of make, how weak I am. That's what I'm going to say. And how, how prone I am to stray away from God. You know what that makes me want to do? It makes me want to get closer to God. It makes me want to depend on Him. So you know what? That means I'm thankful that God is draining my abilities or my virtues to give me His. Because His is what really matters. And that's the safest place to be. Now there's one more point I want to make from this chapter 15 and verse 4. And verse 4 says, And that He was buried and that he rose again the third day um, according to the scriptures. Now, the fourth point is this. Did you know that our bodies, your bodies, will live again? 
will live again. Now that's really important for us to understand. Look at Acts 24 with me. Uh, that's the reason for the resurrection. I want you to understand with me that not only did Jesus die for your soul, but he died for your body. He did. He died for your body. In Acts 24, 15, the Bible says, And have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. There's going to be a resurrection of the dead. Now, a lot of times you see scriptures, or not scriptures, but people that, I'm not sure what they see on the resurrection of the body. I just want to tell you where I stand. I want to base that on what God says about it. Because I believe further, and I think that, that redemption's received is clear, that, that our bodies will be resurrected. It won't be the same body as far as um, the makeup that it is, as I understand it. 1 Corinthians 15 deals with a spiritual body and a, and a fleshly body. But it will be a, a body. It will be a body because when Jesus rose again, he had a body. You remember Thomas? Come, Thomas, see my scar. You know, Jesus is in heaven today making intercession for us because he finished the work on Calvary that we could not do, that we would not want, that we would not know him in any other way, and he's got his scars still with him. That's the only thing Jesus took to heaven with his scars. He has a body. He has a body that, that he walked and he ate, and, and we're going to have a body in heaven, I'm convinced. It's going to be a body we can recognize. You know, you think about Enoch and Elijah were, were translated. There were only two. The scripture said that were translated. They were translated in their bodies to heaven. Now, now, now do you think they're going to be the only two bodies in heaven? And that everybody else is going to be just floating around with a bunch of wings or some apparitions of, of uh, fluffiness? No. We're going to have bodies. We're going to have bodies. Abraham. You know, when Abraham was offering his son Isaac, you know, Hebrews 11, that faith chapter, you know what he says? How did he do it? The Bible said that he believed that God would raise up his body. Job, that great patriarch Job. You know, Job said in Job 19, he says, though, though worms or uh, flesh worms destroy this body, he says this, Job says, yet in my flesh will I see God. He says before that, he says, I know that my Redeemer liveth. So he had a receipt. God gave him a receipt. He put that receipt in his heart. God writes his law in your heart. See, we don't understand it. That's why the gospel is such good news to us because we see when the truth message what God has given us, it reigns clear. What a blessing God has given us. So for our bodies, we'll be resurrected. And you know, Jude chapter 9, or not chapter 9, verse 9, there's only one chapter and two, but verse 9, you know, that is about where Judas talking about Gabriel uh, standing over the body of Moses. Think about it. You go read it. What's happened, Gabriel is protecting. There's a battle. He was delayed because the battle was Satan on the body of Moses. Now that tells us that the body is so important and God is redeeming our body. So, you know, when, when we have our, 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 we miss our loved ones, I bet in these last few days you've thought of loved ones that have that have died and gone on to be with the Lord. And you don't miss them, and I don't miss them because of their soul being with God. You know why we miss them? We miss them because of their bodies not being with us. We miss them because their bodies are in the grave. But see, one day Jesus is coming back, 
And that body is going to be resurrected. And we're going to have a body, and we're going to recognize heaven as heaven. Now, I don't understand all that. I've got to be honest with you. I mean, well, you might say, well, what if there's a person out there on the line? <laughs> they don't mean by like that, first of all. Because you're going to be translated by the Word of God. You're going to be like Jesus. And you're going to have it. And you know, when you think about marriage, you know, the Bible's clear. There'll be no marriage in hell. But that's the part of the angelic ways we're going to be in heaven, as I understand. Angels didn't marry. We don't marry in heaven. But we'll have bodies. I expect my wife, my wife Penny, to be in heaven. I expect to see her there, and my children, and my grandchildren. And you know, just last night, I was standing in my hall, and Penny and Faith, my granddaughter Faith, was singing a, playing and singing a beautiful hymns, and I was there, and, and right on our shelf, uh, in the hall, Penny has a picture of our little baby boy, John, who died when he was about two years old. And I looked at his picture, and I'm, I'm sorry to admit, I never looked at it that much. But I remember looking in that little boy's eyes. And you know what my thought was? What is his body going to look like when I see him again? And I was trying to put it in my mind. And, and I might have told you this years and years ago. Right after John died, I had this clear vision that I saw him in heaven. I saw him, my son, clear. And he, he was standing there on this, on this portal in, in the uh, porch of this beautiful, pristine-looking place with big trees on the cabin-looking area. I'm not making this up, but, but I remember he seemed to be 20 to 25 years old, just in the prime of his life. Now, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that and understand that's from God. But I understand that, that now look at that picture last night, and I was trying to vision what my son would look like in heaven, because I know I'm going to see him there. I believe that with all my heart. And, and I believe that redemption is a receipt, you know, that I have for that. Well, even Joseph, the Old Testament Joseph, he gave commandment according to his bones. He did, and and even Jesus, I'll share some scriptures there with you, John 5, you know, that's the greatest receipt we have, that we're going to be raised again in the body, because Jesus was, <laughs> isn't that amazing? But John chapter 5, it's just a few verses, uh, beginning with verse 25, says, Very, very, these are the words of Jesus, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now it is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Now, that's the resurrection of your spirit, of your soul, because we're all dead sinners, okay? So God's going to resurrect. He has the power to do that. That's a receipt that you have. The cause, you know God, and you have an understanding that you're a sinner and that you need a Savior. That comes from God. You, you know, you don't teach anybody they're a sinner. So you don't. God, that comes from God. Now, when you've had that feeling, you thank God that you do. Because that means you have been quickened by God's Holy Spirit. And that is your receipt that he's a risen Savior. And he means business about dealing with your life. So the thing you do and the thing I do, we repent. We trust him. We turn from whatever way he's taking us from him. And we go right straight to him. In verse 25, for as the Father has life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. And hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, listen now, in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. That's in the Bible. Now, obviously, you know, as much as we don't like to deal with it much, there's going to be people in hell with bodies. Uh, and that is horrific because it's not an annihilation. 
It is an eternal damnation. It is, the Bible describes it as the worm or the life of life. It never dies. It's just like you're there and you're suffering. And, and so when you think about that, and you think about the just and the unjust, it ought to make us thank God for redemption's uh, receipt. Because I deserve to go to hell. And so do you. As good a folks as I know you all are. Because that's how much difference they are in our holiness and God. But because of resurrection, you're not going there. Thank God for it. Thank God for his grace and his mercy. Uh, I was going to Matthew. I wanted to show you something here. We're going to go pretty soon. But it says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 29. Here's the clearest verse I found on that there will be bodies in hell. It says, and if thou right hand I offended, verse 29, Matthew 5, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body, listen to that, should be cast into hell. Now, see, there's no way we can air condition hell. I mean, I mean, you know, we want to be kind and gentler and all that and have this easy, creamy, kind of fluffy Christianity. I'm going to tell you, this is God's work. And God is serious about sin. And Jesus proved that because he suffered and died for you and I sin. I tell you what, we ought to just thank you so much. We ought to just be so grateful. We ought to be just like Mary Magdalene. You know, Mary Magdalene again went to that tomb. And, and when she saw the tomb, she just bowed her head down and started crying. And you remember the angel first said, why weepest thou? But then Jesus says, why weepest thou? And I say to you, why are you weeping? Look up. Your redemption draws nigh. You have a receipt. You have God, and you have the perfect work of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, uh, there is some benefit to social distancing. I really believe that. Uh, I've uh, Penny made us a couple of masks. I've been wearing my mask to the grocery store and the Walmarts, a few places we've been. And I've got, got, got kind of used I might keep wearing it. I mean, even after this is over. You know why? Because it makes me think about what I said. And the reason I'm wearing it is not because I'm so afraid of catching something from somebody else. I don't want nobody to get something from me. See, I don't want to, and spiritually speaking, we need to have the mindset, I don't want anybody to sin because of me. I don't want to cause anybody else to sin. God, forgive me for those that already have it. Oh, God, make my life so that it's protected because our bodies are God. We're God's. And that ought to be a sanctifying call that since our bodies are going to be risen again, how we live on earth, how we live with for God, that, that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. May the Lord bless us to see the great receipt. And you know what? When the devil comes around and trying to make you want to doubt, tries to make you think, well, you got to have this and you know it's wrong, or what people saying about you, or to say, well, you know, you're gonna, you never get out of this. You're nothing, you know, whatever. You just pull out your receipt. You have a redemptive receipt. And you have that because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. May he forever guide you and bless you and keep you very close to him. You hold on to it. Hold on to that type of sin. We'll need it and we have it. May the Lord bless you is my prayer.